This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to Episode 105 of the podcast where we inspire you to achieve your career goals and live your dream by following your passion and doing a job you love. Today is a special episode where we help you answer one question. Are you too old to fly? This is probably the most common one we get from you, the listener. So let's address it right now. Both myself and my co-host this evening began our aviation careers late in life and left very lucrative careers to pursue our passion and become an airline pilot. I'm joined today with Paul Greco, and Paul and I discuss what led us to making our decision to give up a life we had and move toward a new direction. For my entire life, I've lived outside my comfort zone, but there are some important things we must consider when deciding if we should pack it in and start our new career. You know, before we, we begin, don't forget, if you want to contact us and ask questions, visit aviationcareerspodcast.com. There you'll find many ways to contact us, along with our other services, such as career coaching, the scholarships directory, and interview preparation services, which is included in the career coaching page. I want to apologize to those that have called into the show, but you know, since we've grown, it's been almost impossible for me to call each and every one of you back, and it's really frustrating for me. Uh, I wish I could do it individually. Uh, therefore, if you could please send me an email, because many times I'm only available at like 3 in the morning. I do a lot of red eyes, uh, so I don't want to disturb you and your family in the middle of the night, and the best way to get in touch with me is through the website. You know. Also, if you have a question, please write into the show, and we'll answer it here on the air. Uh, and of course, we're going to keep all of your personal information out of that. Uh, but that question you have might be prescient and might be good for somebody else to listen to. Well, anyway, let's get started with today's co- topic about, you know, are you too old to fly? And Paul, welcome uh, back to the show, and thanks for joining us this evening. Oh, thanks. It's great to be here again. So Paul and I were discussing offline. I had thought that I had I started my career quite late uh, in aviation, and it was about 33 years old. Actually, Paul realized that he was 34 years old when he started his transition to his flying career, both at very different times in the world. You know, mine was at a time when upgrades at the regionals were like six months to a year. Well, you know what? That's what it's like right now. But soon afterwards, 9-11 happened, and everything shut down. But we're seeing an incredible time right now where upgrades are happening very rapidly uh, for many different reasons through the growth of the airlines and also uh, through the fact that there are not quite as many people getting into it, although those numbers are changing, uh, and there's a lot of retirements out there. So a little bit of my background first, and then I, I want Paul to kind of talk towards this. You know, many of you know that my background, I was more of, of a someone who owned many different types of businesses, and uh, some people term that as an entrepreneur. I like to call myself an opportunist. Uh, I owned a computer consulting firm, also owned an a import-export business. So I was actually what's called a food trader and uh, primarily actually sold uh, lobster, actually imported lobster from the, uh, the Caribbean. And, and those things enabled me to look at life in a much different manner, and it made me realize I can do anything I want to do. But you know, during that whole period, during all these businesses that I had owned, I actually felt like there was one thing that I always wanted to try, and uh, amongst other things in my life, but as far as my career is concerned, one thing I wanted to try is flying an airplane, and actually getting paid to fly that airplane. So I decided to go for it. What's really interesting is you never know who the person is in your life who's actually going to take you and change the way you are and change the paradigm in your life and say to you, you know, Carl, you can do this. I remember the first time someone told me I could actually fly an airplane. It was somebody I didn't really even like. And that was the person that turned me on to flying. It was amazing. Then the next time that someone put me over the edge and said, hey, Carl, you can do this as a career, it came from somebody I, I totally didn't expect it to come from at the time. Uh, it was a time in my life that I'd, I'd just gone through a divorce. I uh, just was winding down a business, and I had, you know, I was totally debt free. I was able to take on, you know, the world. And my friend at the time, you know, the lady I was dating at the time, said, "Hey, listen, why don't you go ahead and start flying for a living, and live in a motorhome because you've always wanted to live in a motorhome." So you know what I did? Bought the motorhome, 
Started taking uh, lessons for my CFI. Lived in the motorhome while I was flight instructing and absolutely loved life. Traveled around basically just Florida with the motorhome, but also was able to go to a lot of different air shows and was able to teach all over the place, uh, primarily in the Tampa Bay area. Absolutely loved it. I was, I never went back to, at the time I was doing computer consulting when I switched over to aviation and I was doing a project for a phone company. And the folks there said, wow, this is great to see someone that's actually moving forward and pursuing their passion in life. Well, you know what? Here's something that I want to tell you. I've always done that. Uh, computers was my passion. I also loved international trade. And uh, that was actually the most lucrative career I've ever had was uh, doing the international importing and exporting. But this now is something that is, is lucrative in many ways. And it's a good paying job. It also is something that gives me a lot of time off. So what did I do? I owned businesses, and then I said to myself, you know what? This is the time to do it. I paid off all my debts. I moved forward and and took this flying leap into this new career. And you know what? It's been it's been a heck of a ride since. There's been some ups. There's been some downs. Been through a lot of relationships, especially in the beginning when you're not making any money. And you know, at my age, when I was in my 30s, and then you know, mid 30s to 40s, you know, it's hard to to find somebody that's gonna you know want to hang out with you since you don't have any money at that point. You're not making much money, I should say. Uh, so then later on in life, things really changed for the better. And right now, I am actually working in a job that I absolutely love. I'd say it it's, has its ups and downs, but 99% of the time, I enjoy what I do. So that's my story. That's how I got started, and that's where I am today. And, and, and in that process, through helping other people find jobs while I was the furlough coordinator with ALPA, with the Airline Pilots Association, I, I said to myself, you know what, I want to help you. I want to help those folks that are out there right now find jobs because I've been going through this for years. I've owned consulting firms, and I understand what it's like to start into a new career and find jobs. And that's where I am today. I'm able to fly airplanes. I have many days off, and I'm able to do this and help you folks out. So there, here I am. I'm able to do my podcast I'm flying for the airlines. I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm going to South America. Those are places I like and I enjoy. Mostly the Caribbean. That's my favorite spot. So I choose to go to those places, and I get paid to do it. And every week, it's like a vacation. At least one of my overnights is like a vacation. So think about that. I'm getting paid and getting paid a very good salary, and I'm really enjoying life. Another aside, by the way, just a little milestone I want to put out there. This month is uh, actually we're recording this uh, in March. This month, I made more money flying than I did my first two years as an airline pilot, which is pretty amazing. It was, it was just, just phenomenal. So I'm happy for many, many reasons, both for the money coming in because it helps me pay for things, help me, help me pay for my, my mortgage, et cetera, and also for the fun things in life. And also for the fact that I get to fly some cool airplanes. I get to fly with some really, really neat people. So that's my story. That's where I came from. That's where I am today. So, Paul, where where did – I know we've talked to you about this before, but, but really, you know, you had to make a decision also about it, moving it, on. Yeah, I sure did. I, I, I mean, I was, like you, in a career that was very lucrative. I was very comfortable. I was very stable. I mean, you know, you talk about a quality of life. I mean, I was working three days a week. That was full-time. Um, three 12-hour shifts. They're long days, but, but you get – I used to do uh, three-on – five off, three on, three off. And I, that would just rotate. Um, uh, so I was doing that for a while. I would do three on, four off. That's it. I saw every day, or every week rather, it was like I got a week's vacation. And, uh, and I'll tell you, you get, you get used to that and, and it enables you to do a lot of other things. You can wor- work other jobs and, or become a private pilot. And that's how I became a private pilot. Um, so I, w- I was, uh, and also like you, working in a job that I was passionate about. I was very passionate to be a nurse and taking care of people and, and doing good work. And so um, it was very difficult for me to, uh, you know, in 2012 when I made the decision to uh, become a career pilot, uh, I, I made that decision because the, that um, that fire, that passion for aviation was always inside of me. Uh, everything that I did in life sort of led me to airplanes or aviation in some way. I mean, geez, I even uh, uh, I even have a picture from uh, my mother's house on the closet door. I wrote, you know, I want to be a pilot when I grow up. 
<laughs> Excuse me, and I, yeah, and it's neat. I mean, and I did that when I was like ten or twelve years old. I mean, so this has been that passion has been there forever. And so in 2012, I had a conversation with my wife, and I said, "Look, I really think that um, I need to do this. You know, it's this this burning desire to be an airline pilot isn't going away." Um, and so my wife gave me her blessing and said that uh, she would support me any way she could. And uh, so, you know, I went about the process of getting the rest of my training and uh, uh, switching jobs in order to enable me to be able to uh, work full time and uh, continue to pay the mortgage and train and, and then ultimately work as a uh, instructor pilot and charter pilot uh, to get my hours that I needed to go to the airline. And you know, like you, I'm not in the uh, same position that you're in. I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm at a regional, not at a major right now. So um, I'm not going to uh, the Caribbean or South America. I stay in the in the Northeast, and maybe make it down to the Mid Atlantic region. Um, uh, you but see I'm, buffalo wings instead. I see. Oh, we have know, great. I get the best wings. buffalo wings in the world. Right. Yep. Best buffalo wings in the world, and uh, and the forty feet of snow that goes along with it. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know what? It does, the flying's great. You know, we go to these little, we go to these small towns. Um, we fly. I fly a really fun airplane um, into and out of Newark and Washington. Uh, so two of the busiest airports, you know, in the country. So that's a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, I honestly couldn't be happier at this point in my life. I mean, I'm I'm not making anywhere near the money that uh, uh, that I used to be make, you know, that I was making in the past, and and that's hard. Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't sugarcoat that. That's definitely hard. Uh, but but in terms of you know lucrative, I don't just think of a job as being lucrative from a, it's not just about the money. There are other things that are important to me, like my, my job satisfaction, my personal satisfaction, <clears throat> the, uh, you know, something else that I think that's been that, something that I, I didn't really think of, um, was the relationships that I, I would make, you know, I, I made relationships as a nurse and, uh, and they're great. I, I became great friends with a lot of really great people. But there's, a, you know, how it is when you talk to other pilots. I mean, you, you could, if there are two pilots in the room, they'll they'll be talking to each other for the whole night. You won't be able to separate them. It, you know, it's just <laughs> you, you're going to aggravate everybody you're with because all you're going to want to do is talk about airplanes. You know, and uh, and I'll tell you that's so you, you get that. I, I feel like I get that every single time I go to work. I'm I'm with a, a good buddy, having a good time, talking about you know airplanes and um, and everything else. And it's just been I, the relationships that I've made in this industry. Uh, I think has been so, almost maybe more important than than anything else at this point. And so um, and like you mentioned, it's a it's a great time to uh, to be an airline pilot. <clears throat> There'd be pilot in general. I mean, there's there's a there's an incredible demand to be uh, a professional pilot at this point, and even at my level, at the regional level, um, like you said, whether it's through growth or, or just a, a lack of uh, qualified individuals, the um, the opportunities are there right now, and and it's a really good time. I mean, I I you know you talk about uh, I, I have friends that that were with with the company for years before they got it up, you know, before they were even capable of, uh, being able to upgrade their years on reserve, forget about upgrading, actually, right. you know, they spent years on reserve and then, and they were, you know, after two, three years, they were happy to just have a, you know, a, a terrible line, uh, where they, where their schedule wasn't even good, you know, and here I am three months in, uh, I get a line. I didn't work one holiday this year. Um, you know, and and in two weeks I'm upgrading the captain. I mean, wow. you know, this it's just been an amazing, amazing ride for me. And uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't say enough about the career. And and uh, so yeah, I got into it late. I was 34. Uh, I'm 38 now. And um, you know, it's just I, I couldn't be happier financially. I'm not where I, I need to be, but that's going to come. And, you know, the best advice I ever got from, I actually got this from two very um, important people in my life. 
but uh, the best advice I ever got was follow your passion and the money will come. And so if you, if you don't, if you focus on, on, on only the financial aspect of a job, I don't, I think your chances of being successful are just far, far, um, uh, are far, far less uh, than if you focus on your passion and focus on being really, really good at whatever it is you want to be. And then, and, then the money will come because people will see that you you provide value, and in providing value, you, you know you become a commodity. You know it's interesting. It, it's not just about the money, is what you're saying there, and uh, it really is important the money. But it, it, you're truly following your passion. What's interesting, and as you're speaking, I just realized the two of us are a little bit uh, different than many others in that we are not leaving a life sucking job. For right. this, this here, this career, we left some lucrative and jobs that we enjoyed. I mean, I, if I lost my, lost my medical tomorrow, I'd be back doing what I was doing before. I'd be Absolutely. opening another business tomorrow. Absolutely. And, and, you know, maybe just doing this full time, but whatever. It's you, you move on. You enjoy what you enjoy. La- listen to the last episode. You know, you, you, you make life a happy life based on your attitude towards that life. But it is important to do something that you enjoy and something that, uh, but you have to be responsible with that. Uh, and, and you know, we say it's not just about the money, but money is incredibly important, especially uh, when you need to pay your bills. Oh, sure. So you and I both have one major difference, though. You, I, I had no responsibility. You know, yeah. it, was, it was me yeah. and it was my car. That's all I had. And right. then I bought this motor home. You have a few mouths to feed. (laughs) There's a a huge difference in in that life. It does make it harder. Yeah, because it definitely makes it harder. And and that's I you know I obviously I have a you know a spouse and all and have to support my spouse and all. But you know there's there's a child involved where the child can't go out and get a job. Right. You know it's 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 a whole number. You know they have to you have to change the diapers, bring the doctor, blah blah blah. And so your decision was a little bit tougher. And this is why I think you know you went through this there in your discussion a little bit. But let's talk. Let's dive into this. Why planning is so very very important in making a career change. Planning right. for somebody, and, and, and this is another reason, by the way, if you're listening and you're really young and you want to do something like this, this is a great time to get into it. If you're 16 or 15, you know, jump in because later on you're going to have so many responsibilities. You can't go just go out and do what you want. You can't just go out and go to a party or you can't just go out and say, hey, you know what? I think for the next two years I'm going to go sail around the Bahamas. <laughs> you know, it's a whole different world. You can do that later in life maybe or you can plan to do that, but it's very, very important to plan no matter what you do. Uh, for for an individual who gets older and then has children then has a house, like you have a house and a mortgage, right. you have cars, uh, all those responsibilities now, you have to actually make sure that you pay for those things and you do the responsible thing of making sure that all those things keep working, the family, the cars, right. the house. Yep. And, and, and that's, that's a whole different world. Um, so, so there's people listening right now who are also in that situation, like you were in. Uh, remember, we were, to, you know, I remember you, you came and did some coaching with us uh, or with me before, and and it, it's like, gosh, you know, what should I do? Where should I go? And I think the most important thing we talked about was is planning that with your spouse and your family, and getting everybody in the loop. But in the beginning, I will say one thing, and I, I'd like your opinion on this is that sometimes it's best uh, when you're thinking of doing something that is such a radical change to maybe not mention it right away. Be careful who you share your goals with. Make sure you share it with very important people in your life, but also don't go out there and tell everybody about it until you know enough about that and you can make the argument. You can stand in front of your family, your friends, and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Uh, I don't know if you had had done that when you were – you know, looking at changing your career or if you, you had an inner circle and then you were able to expand that inner circle. Yeah, definitely. I've, you know, one of the things that I think has led to um, some of the successes that I've had um, in my life and in my career is that I've really relied on, uh, I've never been a person who's been afraid to go to somebody and ask for advice or take advice uh, from people that uh, have been there, done that. I think that's one of the great things. You know, we do that with our coaching, um, and 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 I think that's why coaching is such a great uh, tool for for people. But it, just as as 
in general with life, you know, I had, there are a couple of people that are sort of in my inner circle, like you said, that, um, I, I can confide in and I can, I can bounce ideas off of, and it doesn't matter how, you know, sort of cockamamie or off the wall that these ideas might be. They're always, they're always, uh, objective and willing to give me their, their opinion on what they think. And so, um, I, I definitely, um, uh, ran, ran this past a couple people and, and, and everybody said, follow your passion. You know, that was sort of the general, um, consensus was follow your passion and make sure that your, your immediate family's on board, meaning my wife. Um, and I think that that is certainly, um, one of the most important things that, um, that, that you need to do is to make sure that your spouse is on board with, with this career change. And one of the things that I did, uh, I wanted all the information out there. Uh, I didn't want there to be any surprises. I was very upfront about what the salary would be. Uh, I was, I was, excuse me, I was upfront about the, the, um, you know, the, the way the schedule would be and things like that. And what, one of the things that I did, and I thought it was very, very helpful was I had a friend who was working at, uh, another regional at the time. And he's since moved on and he's at a legacy airline now. But, uh, when I was thinking about going into this career, he called me up and said, look, I'm going to come over. I'm going to bring my computer. I'm going to sit down with, with, you know, you and your wife and, we're going to talk and I'm going to tell her about all the things that she can expect. And so here, here was a guy that was, um, you know, seven year regional pilot, uh, at the time. And, uh, so he had been there, done that. And so he came over, sat on my couch and, uh, and, and met with my wife and I, and just laid it all out there. Uh, and you know, and it wasn't to scare her; it was just to provide her with information so that she would know going in and so after that, she said, "You know, if this is what you want to do, then you need to do this, you know, and we'll figure out a way to get past all these other hurdles and so that's where the planning comes in that you said it's very you can't just literally upend your life, do a complete one eighty um without planning. I mean, you might be able to do that. Like you said, if you're, if you're 20 years old and you're living at home with your parents and you've got no responsibilities, maybe you can do that. But if you're, you know, 30, 35, 40, and you've got family and you've got responsibilities, there needs to be planning involved. And, and, um, it's critically important to be able to, uh, sort of, figure out a way to mitigate the salary differences, um, figure out a way to, uh, f- you know, find somebody, you know, whether it's us and the, and the coaching or friends that are doing it already, talk to people who are doing the job, find out what their schedules are like, because this business is so different from anything that you could do. Um, uh, I guarantee you there's nobody, there's no other career out there um, that does scheduling that the way that we do scheduling that does that pays the way we pay. Um, so talk to people about that. Come up with a plan. The only way I was able to uh, you know sort of switch switch careers this way was I I sat down. I had a I I had to actually switch jobs. I I couldn't work in the job that I was working in um, <clears throat> and get the rest of my training and build hours. I still needed to work and. Um, pay the mortgage. So I, I got a job where I was working, I worked 24 hour shifts. I did a 24 hour shift. I was 20 off for 24 hours. I did another, another 24 hour shift. And then I was off for five straight days. That was my schedule every single week. And, um, it was really difficult working two 24 hour shifts, uh, in three days, uh, at a really busy job uh, where you need to be, uh, incredibly alert, and on your game was one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Um, but it enabled me to have five days off a week where I was able to train and then ultimately work on those five days off. So I pretty much worked every day of the week, uh, with the exception of that middle day. And even then I tried to maybe pick some stuff up. So it was, it was hard work. It was incredibly difficult, but it was, it's doable. It's absolutely doable. You know, going back to this, uh, 
inner circle that you had, these people that you talked to, the person that came over to your house, et cetera. Well, one of the things that struck me as you were speaking is that, you know, how do you decide who to bring into this inner circle? I, uh, I have, a, you know, like a board of advisors or I have advisors that I, that come into my life and help me. You know, obviously we do a lot of coaching with individuals and, uh, you know, those people have brought us into their lives. Uh, I think an important thing when you bring somebody into your inner circle and you can add to this is number one, you have to really trust that individual and you have to, to make sure that you can speak frankly and also know that your conversations are in confidence. In other yes. words, whatever you say to that person, they're not going to go outside the conversation and discuss it and what, what you say to them is right. vice versa. I think bringing those people in your inner circle very, very important. You also, I had some great advice from somebody many, many years ago when I first started my first business and he said, you know, be careful who you share your goals with because those are some incredible goals and right. and 90% of the people will think you're crazy. <laughs> That's so you, true. Gotta, you have to find the 10% that don't think you're crazy. So when I'm yes. choosing people in my inner circle, I immediately shut off certain people and I only share with others. And usually there's a good litmus test for me is when someone is able to consider whatever I say and and not be judgmental and mm -hmm. also keep it in confidence. So I was wondering what other things that do you use in your criteria? Obviously your spouse is in your inner circle, but for other people, right. how do you, how do you bring them into that circle? Yeah. So that, yeah, that's a great question. And I think, Trust is certainly uh, one of the most important things um, because it's not it, – for me, it's beyond it, It's beyond just, you know, are they going to tell other people? But, you know, do they – are they going to give me advice that really is in with, – with my best interest in mind? You know, are they going to give me unbiased, objective advice that um, – that can help me. And there are a couple of people in my life who I have consistently, or I think there's three, um, that I can consistently go to and they'll tell me, you know, that's a great idea. I think you should do it. Or mm, you may want to rethink that one, or that's not a bad idea. You know, maybe you should come at it from this way. And, and they're <clears throat> very good at being objective and just giving me good advice. Um, and so that i my biggest my the biggest thing i look for is is trust um the people that i i go to are people that i um have been friends with for quite a while for year, many years uh more than more than a decade um and and these people are um very important to me they're they're people that i think uh i think they can come to me in the same way that I can come to them. And, uh, and so it's, I think you need people like that in your life. Um, but beyond that, when w they could, they could only get these, the people that are, there was only one, one of those three people is an airline pilot. The other two are not, um, one is a pilot, but he's, he's a charter pilot. <clears throat> the other, the other guys, he's, he, he became a private pilot recently but he's not uh he's he's just a businessman um and so it's critically important when you're when you're formulating the, your plan to change careers to to find seek out professionals who do this all the time and i think that's you know i i did career coaching um w when i was getting involved in this career change and i continue to do career coaching even now um, for myself, I think it's really important to some get get a, a uh, an outside person to, to look in and and give you uh, unbiased opinions. And so, the, I think finding the uh, the right balance of people who are who are personally attached and professionally attached, and and uh, you know maybe third party people to uh, help give you advice is is really important. And so that's how I work it. That's how I work that out. So that inner circle includes people that you may not have even known that well. Uh, but Correct. we're able to come into your life. You know, another thing too. I'm thinking here. I, you know, I remember when I was 16 or 15 years old, and I was had dreams about different jobs and dreams about life. And you know, what I found is those same people. If you're in your teens right now, or or you know, you're 12, 13, whatever, and you 
are looking at your friends. There's certain people that are like your best buddies and your best friends. And to this day, I will say this. My best friends when I was a teenager are still some of my best friends. We don't hang out as much as we used right. to, but they are people uh, because we've gone different ways in our lives. But we still have that trust that's built up as a, as a child. And I'm able to share things with those people, those individuals, years later. Even 20 years later, I can have a conversation. So so remember that. If Don't just think it's somebody who, who might be an adult, quote-unquote, or somebody who's much older and wiser. It can also be your friend and even friends that are younger because sometimes they will talk to you in a manner that nobody else will. And, and they will actually speak truthfully, honestly, and objectively. And they really, you know, that's truly someone who, who really is your best friend also. And, and, and they'll keep it, you know, in confidence. You know, they'll keep it in private. I mean, that's, that's really, really important there. Well, gosh, you know, coming to this whole inner circle that we talked about of friends, that's incredibly important. That's in- incredibly important moving forward in your life. And, you know, we talked about coaching. You know, that's one thing. Uh, and consulting with people and and people that you may know. It may be through the coaching services we have. It also may be somebody that you you know that has a lot of experience helping people in this career. So seek those people out. One of the things you mentioned uh, I want to get to, though, and go back to, you mentioned something about the money and preparing and being realistic with your salary expectations. Um, my salary expectations were a lot lower than I had expected. Uh, I think part of that was because of, of 9-11. Um, and so let me just talk about my expectations and the, and the mm-hmm. difference, and then I'll, I'll kind of want to go to yours and see what your expectations were and also if they were fulfilled. Well, in my case, you know, I had expected in the, in the beginning. Remember when I started, they had what's called pay for training, where you to go work for an airline, you actually had to pay the airline almost right. close to your annual salary just to work there. Uh, you had to basically pay for all of your training, and then you basically were working almost for free for the first year. And and not only that, most regionals don't you know, wouldn't pay for your your initial training. They might give you a little stipend. Uh, so my first year, you know, I made in the fourteen, fourteen five. My second year, about fourteen thousand. Uh, my third year, I was making, you know, maybe it was about sixteen or eighteen. I can't remember what I saw in my taxes, but that's incredibly low compared to what I thought I would be making. I figured I'd be making in the thirties uh, by my second or third year, and it never happened. But there were some events that that happened, like nine eleven that put a, a damper on the aviation industry uh, and more like turned it on its heel. I shouldn't say a damper. It really turned it upside down for many years. Um, <clears throat> and, and there's those seminal events. There's those events in life that can happen. So I was well below my expectations salary-wise, which also led to some other issues like, hey, you know, I, I'm not sure I can I can afford to do X, Y, and Z, but, but it turned out okay. It just took me a little bit longer than most. Uh, and that's why I always tell people, you know, the number of, of years to reach, say, your salary goal may be five to ten years. Give yourself five years up to ten years to get to that point. Also, five to ten years to get to your final goal, your final destination once you start your your aviation career. So I think you've had a little bit of a different experience than I did with waiting many years making no money. I think you're, you had maybe the opposite. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I- – you know, I, I took a, a a large pay cut. Um, you know, I when I was working as a nurse, I I was comfortable. Um, I, I knew I knew exactly what my salary would be as a as an FO at a regional airline. Uh, it, there was no, and I told my wife what it was. Um, How did so, you know that, by the way? I went. There's websites that are out there that you can that you can go out there, and and then when I so I narrowed down the uh, airlines that I wanted to work for based on my primary uh, the, the primary goal for me was to not commute. I did not want. I knew I didn't want to commute because with the family and two kids, uh, I didn't want to take that extra, that additional time away from home. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wanted to work at an at an airport that I could drive to. Uh, and so when when it was time to uh start looking at more closely at this the two specific airlines that I was looking into um I had friends that were at both airlines so I called them 
and I and I talked to and I you know and I I got the information directly from the source, so I knew exactly what I was going to make, and you know it it was low. I mean, not as nowhere near as low as what you were making. I mean, that that's just mind blowingly low. Um, but uh, <laughs> thanks. It, 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 was, it was incredibly low. I just, it, it's phenomenal that I actually was able to get food stamps if I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I, I wasn't that low, but uh, but I, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I'm in in a year and two three months. I'm going to be a captain, and I'll be on second year captain pay. So I'll, I'll be. Uh, I won't be quite to where I was as a nurse, but I won't be too far behind either. So it actually. So in just in just two years, less than two years. Um, I'm making a salary that will be um, not not just not just survivable, but livable. Right. I mean, I'm surviving right now. I'll be living again in two weeks. That's terrific, and you know, and so that can happen. But to anybody, but there was a couple things you had mentioned. You talked about you didn't want to commute, so there was a little more to the decision than just the numbers there for the pay. Because what you're doing is you're trying to build experience to make it to the next level in your career. So there was a little bit of pay involved, but primarily the ability to stay home, be with your family, uh, that type of thing. Because I think things would be a lot different. Uh, if you took yes. a job that was a long commute away, I personally oh, yeah. felt it, it changed my life. Because uh, when I actually was at the regionals, I sometimes would go away for two weeks at a time. Oh yeah, sure. And I see that. And I see that now. I mean, I see. I have friends. You know, I got. I finished a trip yesterday, and I start a trip tomorrow. So if I was commuting, I wouldn't be home. I wouldn't be sitting in my house right now. I'd be. I'd be at a hotel or in a crash pad or worse yet in the airport in the crew room sleeping. Um, and, uh, and so, and, and even the, my friend that I flew this last trip with, um, couldn't make it home last night because we, we landed, uh, what time do we land? 1140 or 11. I think we landed at 1140 last night. So there were no, there were no flights back to Florida at 1140. So he, he, slept in the hotel we have we have a nice commuter policy where uh we get we get hotels in base uh for our commuters at our company and so he got a commuter room and uh so he didn't have to pay for it which is really nice but he's not home either so he left the next morning and uh and he and he got home this morning at I think around nine o'clock or so, or he, you know, and then he had to drive, but he's probably in his house by 11, let's say, um, you know, whereas I've been home since last night at 1am. So <laughs> I had, you know, it, it's, it adds a, a, a lot of stress and, a, and a, it takes a lot of time away from home, but there are people that have to do it. Right. So, um, I, and I don't, I don't want to, um, you know, I, I don't want people to get angry with the fact that I'm, you know, I, was, I, I make such a big point of this, but for me, that was important, and uh, and I just was fortunate that uh, in the area that I live in the Northeast, there are there are a bunch of I, I live I live next to uh, you know three major airports, and and all the regionals fly out of them. So I I just got lucky, you know. Right. I mean, if I lived in another part of the country and my family lived there, then I'd be commuting, and I'd just be dealing with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that and that's something that you know, like I was doing for so long. I mean, full disclosure, I yeah, exactly. Bases and uh, my life has changed dramatically in the past few weeks. I drive to work. Uh, yeah, I drive. I do drive three and a half hours to get to work, uh, but I I tend to do like five day trips. So when I'm there, I stay there and I come back. And I I drive to work the same day and I come home the same day. Uh, it's not far away uh, to me, uh, and it's it's been great. I would like to live closer, just like you. Uh, to base, but that's something that you have to talk over with your family. There are pluses and minuses to everything, like you said. But that's why I think it's important when you're looking at a career to have like a like a checklist as to where you want to be and what you want to do. Because there's another factor here. You have some other people you had mentioned that have to do this. One of the reasons they have to do that is to build the time so they can move on to a legacy. This is a temporary solution. Right. This isn't a permanent solution. So uh, you always want, are, are trying to move forward in your career. So if 
if it, everything's individualistic, you have to look at your situation. Uh, yes. If you have no, you know, encumbrances in life, then yeah, go go live wherever you need to live, uh, with a regional or with a major, et cetera. But if you have uh, people in your life that you want to be close to, then 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 go for it. Start commuting. But with that said, I will. I do want to say one thing. There are people out there that I know that do successfully commute, and they do spend a lot of their time commuting, mm-hmm. and and they're happy because they love yeah. where they live, and there's no base right. near where they live. So they're very happy because they absolutely love the spot where they live, and I think that's that's important to take into consideration too. You may not mind the commute as much. Right. Um, if you live if you live somewhere that's really cool, right? Um, like I, we were just talking beforehand. I I live in Paradise. I mean, I used to live yes. on Paradise Island, just near here, and I <laughs> I actually you know I live on a different island now, and I absolutely you know for four hours I took a mini vacation, decided to go out, hang out on the water, you know, watch the dolphins and the rays, and and eat, awesome. eat eat dinner, sitting there overlooking the beach. So I I made a choice that. I want to live in that type of environment, but what, to do that, I have to drive three and a half hours to work, or right. I have to fly three hours to work a thousand miles away, depending on which base I go to. So that's important when you're making your decisions as to you know where you want to be and what you want to do. But but in the beginning, uh, I know I was willing to go anywhere. Uh, you know, I I had that that flexibility, and I had somebody that was understanding that said, "Hey, you know, that's great. Go ahead and go go do it. You know, go go commute to wherever you want to commute to." So that's really important, but. But the one thing, though, and a point I want to make is we really need, I think, a checklist to succeed. In other words, you need to know what your goals are and, and check off, you know, have you done this? Have you done that? What is what is the goal? So, for instance, Paul, your goal right now is you need to get 1,000 hours PIC right. and so that you That's can be hired – at some airline, any airline in the future, because right. if the economy turns downward, they're going to start saying, okay, we want people with pilot and command time. Absolutely. Uh, because there's a lot of people being hired to have zero pilot and command time. Right. And that's what's really important is is for you to get that time so that you can move forward. So now you're right. saying to yourself, should I upgrade? Uh, right. And you know, there's another decision you made. Should I upgrade mm-hmm. or should I stay and have my wonderful schedule right. as a first officer? Did you actually consider that? Uh, no, I didn't, and I'll tell you why. Um, I like you just said it, and uh, and you just touched on this, and and it's I'm I'm working where I'm working right now to advance my career and get to the that next level to be a major or a legacy airline pilot, um, and in. The, the, what you need to do to do that is ultimately at some point you need to upgrade to captain and get get a thousand hours of captain time, PIC time, uh, to make yourself marketable. And and so I had an opportunity to upgrade to captain and I took it immediately without hesitation. Um, and I feel like you know, do I am I sitting here thinking, well, is it going to stink now that? Um, you know, my great schedule is going to go away and I'm going to be back at the bottom of the list. Well, yeah, it is going to kind of stink, but that's okay because I wasn't here to get comfortable. I didn't come to this, I didn't come to this, I didn't switch careers and come to this airline to, um, you know, to be sitting at the top of the first officer list. I came here to, for, for one reason that was to get the experience that I need to advance my career. And I can't do that unless I, take this captain upgrade so for me it was a no-brainer and so i took it and i'm and i'm beyond grateful and thankful that it was that the opportunity was there and and i think that that's an that's an awesome story because i think there's so many people sitting here right now saying oh you know i'm gonna sit where i am now and i'm gonna stay where i am because i'm next to my family that's a choice you have to make but that's a choice right exactly and that's okay if that's what those people want to do you know if you if you want to you know uh, we have people there at our at our company now that do that. Um, they have a, they have situations whether they have sick family members and they need the schedule because they need to be home on certain days, and and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, and I just want to be very clear about that. But for me, my goal is to is to move on and to um, be able to provide for my family because, like we talked about, money isn't everything, but it is important. Um, so I want to provide for my family in a way that I I think I can at a at a when I take that next step, and in order to do that, I need to make 
I, it needs to be uncomfortable. <laughs> it's good, and uh, and I need to take that next step and 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 take the upgrade. So when you're looking at this next step, one of the tools that I use, uh, and I used to call it the T charts. You know, we uh, <laughs> when I was in accounting, we you know in school we'd learn accounting and say, okay, we use a T T chart. Uh, I put the pluses on one side and the minuses on the other. Uh, that's a great tool. I like to use that with with everybody I, I help with coaching. Right. Uh, when you're looking at making a decision, and this was a simple decision for you, it sounds like to move up yeah. to captain, you could you could quickly go through that T chart and say, okay, this is the pluses, this is the minuses. But when you actually were looking at changing your career to flying for an airline, that was a that was probably a a big chart that you were filling out. There was a lot of yeah. items on that chart. Yeah, it was. I I, so, I do that. I do that same that same uh exercise as well and and it's good to, because it's good to see it on paper it's good to see the pluses and minuses on paper and so yeah that was a much harder decision so the the decision that is that you're making is proportionate the 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 toughness of the decision you're making is proportionate to the size of this t chart of this pluses and minuses. You put the pluses on one column, the minuses on the other. And you'll notice that the hardest decisions usually have the longer lists because you list so many more pluses and so many more minuses. Uh, so, so just remember that that when you start seeing a list getting really long, you know, put your negatives, put your positives on each side, it might be time to involve someone else in that decision. If you have like five pluses and no negatives, uh, you probably don't need much input uh, from somebody else. But if if you are really listing a whole bunch of items, it's it's going to be tough. Uh, so that that's something I've always found is, is you're, the the actual the the toughness of the decision uh, and is usually proportionate to the size of that t chart. So, right. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. it's a great tool. I think it's it's an awesome awesome tool to use, and I think it's really really important. You know what's interesting is that. I know I, I talked to somebody who kind of used a similar method. And by the way, a, a shout out to Dave. Dave made a midlife career change, and he uh, oh, he's now flying like I think it's a four twenty one or something like oh, that. Oh, cool! And out of the north, it's a fun plane. And oh yeah, and I he love that I, I'd love to have him on the show. Hopefully, I will. He probably knows who I'm talking about right now. I saw his picture on Facebook. I was so happy oh, when great. I saw him in his uniform standing outside the airplane. Right. So good for Dave. So Dave is in his midlife. He's he's uh you know he's not. Uh, young, uh, he's mid midlife, you know, middle age, and he also had that same question. So here we are, back full circle from the beginning, mm-hmm. answering that same question. You know, are you too old to fly? And and the answer to that, it depends, but it also is a decision you need to make by using these tools that we've actually discussed right. in, in this whole list here. And of course, we have that all in the show notes. But it it really is something that is dependent on your situation. If you have a lot of money in the bank, you don't need a job, then it's an easy decision to make. If you're somebody with a lot of obligations, a lot of responsibilities, you have children, you have a house, then your decision to move on is a little bit different. It It's not just age-dependent, uh, because there are people listening right now that are in their early 20s that have all that, that have the house, the car, the kids, etc., mm-hmm. and so, so yeah. Are you too old to fly? It all really depends. Uh, there is one thing though that you have a a ticking clock that says that you cannot fly beyond age of sixty five. In general, in life, no matter what career you do, you have a clock because there's just so many years that you can do anything. Right. You know, I, I know I talked to so many physicians. I was just uh, working out in a gym with a physician, and we were discussing that one of the reasons he went into that is that you can do that for the rest of your life, just like a, a, a nurse, et cetera. But that's right. not totally true. There are some no. physical limitations to anything, no matter what it is you do. So just remember that. It's a hard and fast limitation with aviation. But there is a limitation in everything. So are you told to fly? That all depends on your goals and where you want to be. If you're 60 years old and you wanted to say that I've been an airline pilot, then no, you're not too old to fly as long you as it. you know that you've, you, you're going to put that on your resume and you're going to move forward. And at 65, you're going to have to do something else. Are you going to be a corporate pilot? Yes. Do you want to be an instructor for the rest of your life? We, I know we have people that listen that, that have done that. And 
that's terrific too. But just remember that it's not just the airlines. I know we talk about airlines and airline pilots primarily on the show, which uh, you know we've got on away from some of the career other careers like computers and engineering, et cetera, in the aerospace career field. But there's so many things out there to do. There's so many wonderful jobs out there, and and they're all involved in aviation. And and you can actually fly while you're doing the job you're doing right now, the job that you love, and uh, and that's really important. But we're discussing about are you too old to move on to fly for an airline is what most people are asking. And so that's something you have to actually look at. And look at that episode I talked about. You know, Don't make the $2 million mistake in your career. That's more for the people that are just starting out. Right. If you look at your longevity and you look at the average salary of, say, a, a single-aisle uh, airline pilot who's a captain, it's around 200000 a year. If you look at that, if you take 10 extra years to get there, that's $2 million right there of income that you've missed out on. Mm-hmm. You know it's more than that, but I don't want to go too high on, on the numbers. Uh, but that's a, that's a lot of money. It adds up sure over, the, over 10 years. So you have to look at that, and that happens towards the end of your career. So it's hard to see that, but put it on paper. Uh, and that's really, really important to do that. If you're somebody, I know there's a lot of folks that write in and say they want to be a want to be a, a corporate pilot, charter pilot, et cetera. And uh, there's another person that we have on here, Tom Wachowski, who absolutely loves doing that for a living. And, you know, that's something you need to, to look at. Is that what you want to do? There's an age limitation there, too. It's a physical one. You know, can you fly for the rest of your life? Yes. Right. Can you keep your commercial license? Yes. But there's a point where you're going to have to retire. I and mean, it's just the way it is. Our bodies break down. Uh, unfortunately, I'm at that age where... Things take a little longer to get moving in the morning, so I have to, I have to wake up a half hour earlier. Uh, it used to be I could get up and, and get going in a half hour. Now it takes me like an hour and a half now, uh, just to, just to get moving in the morning and have my coffee, etc. So, uh, planning's a little different, you know. Being able to to you know jump over to the side and and grab a bag and throw it on the on the airplane doesn't happen like it used to. Because uh, yeah. if I do that, then something just crackles in me, and I, I won't be moving well for the rest of the day. <laughs> So those are a lot of a lot of really you know things that you have to look at. Look at um, also some other considerations if you, you think you might be too old to fly. Look at being able to pass that medical. There's certain issues that happen later in life uh, and be and one of the reasons that I always push going to a major airline is that uh, is insurance. You know you have you know insurance that you you can actually buy that helps you when you are sick. And, you know, it's disability insurance. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it, but it's a wonderful thing because uh, with that insurance, if you, say, get uh, a cancer uh, and it takes you years to clear that up, you still are getting an income. And I have people right now that are on disability insurance that can't fly, but can, they can still go out and do other things. It's just that they can't pass their medical, which is really, really important. So I, I think I think all these things we talked about are really, really important as far as making that decision whether you're too old to fly. What do you think, Paul? Yeah, and I, I agree with everything you said. And I just want to, to really drive that point home. Um, and you just mentioned about the medical. As long as you can get a first-class medical you, and you're under 65, in the, in the climate that we're in right now, I really want to stress this. I really think you could be an airline pilot. So like you said, I have a, I'm coaching. One of my clients right now is in his early 50s. He's trying to get to the airline. I'm helping him out. Um, and he's going to get there without a doubt. I have, I have no doubt that he's going to get there. Um, at the company that I'm at right now, we have many, many, many pilots who are in their, not just in their early 50s, but in their mid and late 50s, who are retired from previous careers, who had maybe a private pilot's license and and always thought, oh, I wonder what it would be like, and did it. And one of them um, I just flew with him a couple weeks ago, uh, upgraded the captain, and he's now a captain. And I asked him, uh, I said, what do you want to do? I said, are you going to try and move on? And, he, and he's like, you know what? I don't know. He said, I'm having a great time. And his whole goal when he did this, his goal in life was to be an airline captain. And he said he achieved his life's dream. And I thought, man, that is just so cool. I'm flying with somebody. And it was such a fun trip because he was he was just so happy you know, nothing bothered him. None of the little trivial things that happened that maybe, you know, bother some other people. Nothing bothered him. It was just a very pleasant trip. We had a great time. And and so, it, you know, you can do this. You can be 50, 55. I, I bet you could even be 60 and, and get a job because the climate is just such right now that 
there's such demand for pilots at that level. Um, so I really just want to stress that if you can get a first class medical certificate and you're under the age of 65, I'm, I have no doubt that you could work for a regional airline. And that's a great point. And, uh, you know, the other thing, too, is uh, even getting on with the major airlines, a lot of their qualifications are, are dropping now because of the fact that they can't find as many qualified pilots. Uh, you know, the, there's a, it's not the same situation because there's so, such a larger pool to pull from. Uh, right. But you also see people that are not going on to the airlines. They're, they're staying where they are and enjoying their jobs. Uh, but this is, like you said, it's an incredible environment. So the question, are you too old to fly, that really depends, doesn't it, Paul? Sure does. And uh, I know for me, uh, it was a decision to be made. I know that you know we've helped a lot of people make those decisions. Even people in their you know late fifties, early sixties, you know, move on to a new career and a new challenge in life. You may be retired from the military. You may be retired from a job, and you're in your fifties. And this is a perfect opportunity to do something new and something that's fun. Uh, I will say also, it's not for everybody. Uh, but, you you know, sometimes you don't know unless you try. And once you do it, you can say, hey, I did the airline thing and I didn't like it. I now want to go do something else. And there's so many other avenues you can go down uh, right. in, in that career path. But just remember the time the, there is a time restraint in the airlines uh, that maybe change, it, but it, it's, it's not right now. And uh, there always will be that that limitation, I think, on there, you know, with the with the age, et cetera. Well, gosh, Paul, this has been great. I wanted to get to some listener mail, but we've really taken up all of our time discussing uh, Are You Too Old to Fly? And I think you've really helped us uh, answer this. And great. You know, th- this is one of the most common questions we have. I wanted to, the two of us to get together and discuss this because both of us made late career changes. Uh, we both were in very lucrative careers, uh, but we did this because we love it. We enjoy the job. I mean, it, it's such a cool job. You get paid to go fly places, and you get paid to, and many times, fly to places that are really cool. Absolutely. And, and hang out, whether it's in Buffalo, New York, and you can go to the, the Anchor Bar and have the... Uh, the Anchor Bar's got the best wings. Best oh. wings, yeah. And and also, you can go down to the Caribbean, like I like to do. Or maybe you're someone that likes to go... To, I like to go to Colorado, too, in Denver. That's another place I like. So those are... I specifically go to those places and enjoy the overnights. So a big part of this job isn't just flying. It's also the overnights. And uh, I tell you, it's, uh, it's one of those jobs that... I know you t- you hear about the hours of boredom, but there's a lot of challenges, especially during takeoffs and landings. You do get to concentrate during those periods. Uh, and the times when you're flying straight and level for five, six hours at a time, yeah, sometimes that can be boring, but it's a good kind of boring because uh, you don't want anything breaking, that's for sure, uh, <laughs> during those periods. And, and that's when the challenges come about. Uh, but the challenges also come about during the takeoffs and landings. No, The weather's never the same. Uh, every landing's a little different. And the challenge is always trying to make a really a really good landing and a good approach, and also how you treat the crew and and how you uh, you treat the passengers and making a smooth ride. Um, you know, there's people that manhandle the airplane, and there's people that fly very smoothly. Uh, so those are the challenges there. So there's lots of cool things about this job that we can go into. And we'll do that possibly on another episode. But, Paul, hey, thanks for taking the time. I know you've got to get oh, up anytime. really early oh, in the yeah. morning. Early uh, show like, for me. Oh, like 5 a.m. or something like that. And it's, uh-huh. it's what, 10 o'clock right now? So you It's a 5 a.m. show, yeah. I have to get up at like 3.30. Oh, gosh. It's killer. Wow. Wow, that is killer. And I'm actually finishing at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, on the trip that I'm going on tomorrow. Okay. So it's it's all these different, you know, times that you'll, you'll be flying. It's another consideration. So anyway, well, Paul, thanks for being here. I really oh, appreciate your, your helping us with the, the coaching. Uh, sure. Paul is one of the people that helps us uh, with the career coaching and also some of the interview preparation that we have. If you want information about interview prep, about our coaching, and also about the scholarships, the online directory, or the book that's on Amazon, uh, just go to aviationcareerspodcast.com, click on coaching, click on scholarships, and you can find that information. Within the coaching, you can also find what we do with the interview preparation. And that takes uh, some time uh, prior to an interview to get ready, but I tell you what, it really, really helps. And we've helped a lot of people get jobs. Uh, this The scheduling side, if you want to uh, get in our schedule, we have some people that can help. Russ has uh, been a big help uh, putting people into the schedule to, to actually move forward with that those coaching classes. And, uh, you know, this is, this is going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Uh, another quick announcement is that Sun and Fun's coming up. I want to make that announcement. Sun and Fun is uh, an incredible show. I do Sun and Fun Radio. I'm one of the co-hosts on the radio station. And at that event... 
they also have a career day. So if you're thinking of going to Sun and Fun in Lakeland, Florida from the 5th to the 10th of April, I highly recommend you looking into signing up for the career day. And if you can't sign up for the career day, just come out and hang out. Because you know what? Air shows attract airline pilots <laughs> who can actually be great references for later on and also will give you a lot of good advice as far as you know what, what to do to further your career. As a matter of fact, what's interesting is where I am at the station for the radio station, it's right near the Sunset Grill. Right next to that is actually a booth where all the airline pilots are at the show actually will go in and sign a piece of paper and and there's a list of all the different airlines, and they they just sign in there, and, and uh, it's like an airline pilot central kind of thing. It's pretty cool, a lot of fun to to hang out and talk to some of the uh, retired airline pilots and some of the newer airline pilots. So I really really recommend it. if you can't make it, uh, check out the website, listen to some of the interviews that we have with people. They're very inspirational. These are people that have met lots of challenges in life. And I love their stories. It's a big help in your career to listen to those people. Listen to the people. We we have people on that have, have flown in World War II. We have people that have had, you know, flown to the moon. And people that have actually had some incredible stories about, you know, airplanes breaking in flight and landing in the Hudson River. Hint, hint. And so we have we have some really, really neat folks that come on there. And I think that will help you. And, and it will really inspire you, uh, if nothing else. It, it really will inspire you listening to their stories. Well, Paul, again, thanks for joining us. Anytime. And, uh, and we'll definitely hear you again on another episode. And if you're listening right now, remember the most important thing, if, if you're looking at a career, any career, if you want to do something and, and move forward, do something today. Make a decision that today you're going to do something to move forward in your career. It may be doing this T-chart we talked about. It may be talking about you know this inner circle with your family and your friends. How, who am I going to bring into that inner circle? It might be just you know moving into a, into a coaching session or, or going and talking to a friend, finding an airline pilot and discussing you know what it is about that career that you might like but do something today do something now may be a big thing it might be a small thing but do something and we'll talk to you next episode safe flying you have been listening to aviation careers podcast an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although hosts or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.